Hey guys, this is Ralph Macchio. Hey, what's up y'all? This is William Zabka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And I am Brianna. And we are finally back to review Season 3. So, Episode 301, Aftermath. We made it. We're finally here. We're a couple weeks late, at least. Um, But you know what? We've been uh, doing some interviews, and life happens. You know, I I think it's been difficult uh, trying to coordinate with you with what's going on on your side of the country, and... You know, me working, and I got the babies at home. Right, and I'm working, and we have a baby, and it's one in the morning. and <laughs> Yeah, so the things we do here for, for the listeners. But um, I know you guys all been waiting. Uh, the numbers definitely uh, spiked for that Season 3 reaction. I've never seen numbers that high, so thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, for, thank you. Yeah, for all the downloads and streams and sharing it with your friends and family. But yeah, I can't wait to get into this. Uh, for those that are tuning in for the first time, um, this is pretty much scene by scene. We try to break it down. We can get a little lengthy, but I think it being late and all that, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe not take too much time uh, going over this first or, episode. Yeah, or early. I mean, I don't want to still be here at four in the morning. <laughs> that too. I got, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to have to tend to the baby if he wakes up and wants a, wants a feeding. So, um, I don't know. Anything else you want to put out before we get into this very first episode of season three? Um, no. Okay. Uh, so check out the YouTube channel if you didn't know that we are uh, we have one. Uh, we do put our interviews up there as well. So um, our episode reviews, no, not reviews, synopsis. They are usually done by Amy, and uh, this season she returns to do that. So. Uh, What she wrote for Aftermath. Uh, Miguel is fighting his way out of a coma. Johnny is drunkenly fighting his way into jail. Daniel and Amanda are fighting with the entire PTA. Sam is fighting PTSD. And Robbie is on the run in a stolen 93 Dodge Caravan. Throughout all of this, there's a power shift at West Valley and the Miyagi-Dos are on top for a change. A fact that is not sitting well with Kreese's Cobra Kai. Thanks, Amy. That's a good one. I like that. That is a really good one. Yeah, I mean, she really uh, nailed it here. Um, I don't think we do like, oh, what do you think about this episode, do we? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> um, Season two came out April 24th, 2019, so. Right, right. Um, I liked it. Yeah. There we go. I, you know what? I, I, there's not one episode I disliked uh, this entire season. How about that? Oh, God, no. No, okay. not a single one. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, kind of jump into this. And uh, starting off, we got the uh, opening sequence is actually a dream sequence. Uh, Miguel is fighting in an all-valley tournament. Uh, what did you think about this? Um, right off the bat, first second of the first episode of the third season is a giant, massive Easter egg. Okay. For season one, episode one, and season one, episode ten. Okay. Um, because you've got Mr. Blue Matt's doing the voiceover. Daryl, um, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, leading into the um, the moment you've all been waiting for. And it's, you know, the, the same speech at the beginning of, uh, of um, 110. And then you've also got the callback to Johnny fighting Daniel. At the beginning of one one, yeah, one oh one, Ace Degenerate, one oh one, yeah. Um, I like it. You know, I mean, obviously, we know that uh, Miguel is a fighter. Um, he's in a coma right now, and we don't want to keep looking at Sholo just laying in bed with his eyes closed, right? So they right. they give us something uh, more of a visual cue here. So um, anytime somebody is visiting Miguel, we see that. He is literally fighting for his life. And so the, um, that's what I take these sequences for. Yeah. And I mean, you you can you can pick up that there are, you know, little bitty things that don't fit because we just jump right into it. 
Uh, so, it you know, it could be kind of an in medias res kind of thing. But there are little things that aren't right. Like, I don't remember seeing any Yoshukai fighters. Well, no, actually, there was, wasn't it? The flippy guy. Well, there's no um, names on the, um, the, the tournament board either. Right. There's no names on the tournament board. That referee is not Hito. It's his brother. Is that Hito's brother? Yeah. He's a Koda. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, the most of the people standing in the back are adults. They appear to be. Um, so, you know, there's little bitty things you can pick up here and there that it's not real. Right. Um, and, you know, then the, the kind of um, filtering that they did on the video I thought was really well done, too. Yeah. Um, this episode, it does give us a lot of exposition. Uh, it it kind of tells, you know, the audience where some characters are, what has happened. Uh, we got this news reporter. She tells us that it's been about two weeks has passed, uh, since the fight at the school. Um, even one gentleman says that, like, he mentioned there was a karate attack at the at mall a few months ago. So the, go ahead. Well, th- two things. First of all, do you remember us joking on the prop bets about your uh, secret cameo appearance would be the <laughs> reporter doing the interviews in the oh, hallway? Yeah, at the there high is a reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, uh, and the other thing, the guy talking about the karate attack at the mall uh-huh. is that Rodney Dangerfield reincarnated or what? Uh, you know what? I, I I can see that. I can see that now. Um, it's funny because like this opening sequence, it kind of reminded me of, I want to say Batman versus Superman, where it, it kind of opens up with like some news footage as well. Um, Never seen it. Yeah, it's fine. You, you, you're not missing anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else we learned from the, the news report here? Um, I mean, we do s- see Moon. Moon writes yeah. really dumb hippie song lyrics. You know, they rhyme. They do rhyme. Yeah. Punch and brunch. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Moon. Yeah. So, yeah, she's leading a peaceful gathering there. Now, I'm trying to, like, place the timeline here because are we to assume that after that first day of school and in the, in the fight, they closed school down for two weeks to put up security? Um, I don't know if they closed it down for everyone. Um well, because um, Hawk, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but Hawk has a line about like day one, round two. Right. I think that everyone that was involved in the fight was suspended. I see. Okay. Because they said it's been two weeks since the fight. And then, you know, the jumping ahead a little bit again, Sam or um, Amanda and Daniel, Amanda especially, super, super pissed that Sam was suspended. Right. Okay. So, yeah, maybe if you weren't expelled, you were suspended. Right. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Because that's that's pretty well um, fighting policy in high school is they suspend everyone regardless of whether they started it or they were the victim or whatever. They just suspend everyone involved in fights. Well, what, what about Yasmin then? Because that also appeared to be like her first day back. Um. Well, maybe. Well, see, that's the thing, though, because Yasmin, if she had been back from Paris for the actual first day of school, she would have known what happened. She'd have been there. Right. So I'm thinking maybe she just stayed in France. Huh. Okay. Um. You know what? I completely missed the part that this is written by John, Josh and Hayden, uh, directed by John and Hayden. That's another thing I do. Yeah. I forgot. That's all. Um, yep, you skipped it. I did. Okay, so we cut to Johnny. Uh, he's drunk, right? What's new? And he's right? at a place called Frankie O's, and he's been there apparently for four hours. And uh, the young lady here, she gave him his bill about like two drinks ago, and uh, he's still there. Right, and he's refusing to pay because Coors Light is for pussies. <laughs> yes, Uh he, too, is watching the news. Um, they mentioned that uh, Robbie Keane was expelled and is currently on the run, so he's a fugitive. Uh, these uh, two gentlemen here, Juan and Hector, uh, they changed the game. There's a uh, uh, some some sort of ball-throwing event, and <laughs> they want to watch it. I'm not, a, I'm not a baseball person, so if you guys didn't pick up on the joke... Right, right, yeah. The 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 uh, ball of bases. Yes, yeah. the ball of bases. 
uh, two writers in the background there. You got Joe Pierrelli and uh, also Luan Thomas, uh, who we also interviewed. They're sitting in the back, throwing back some cold ones. Yep, just kind of hanging out back there behind them. Now, this, I don't think there's like a reference or anything with this scene because this this is a very common thing in movies um, where somebody's, you know, watching TV in a bar, somebody comes and changes it. But it kind of reminded me of a scene from La Bamba, you know, where Bob's like watching Richie perform on TV and somebody comes in, like turns off the TV because he's been there for so long. Oh, it's been such a long time since I've seen that movie. I oh, don't remember. It's a great movie. Go back and rewatch it. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Um, anything uh, else about this before Johnny follows them outside? Um, no, not really. Other than, uh, is it Hector? Is he the bald one? Uh, uh, with the beard. Gosh, you know what? I don't know which is which. I just know the, the, the names. I could tell you uh, their real names, uh, which is which. Okay. Well, the, the, he, he calls Miguel Coma Kid, which right. bugs me. Yeah. And he has a really nice car. <laughs> he does. Um, but one of my uh, favorite retorts here from Johnny, um, I feel like, you know what? I, I have the, the list here with me right now. Why don't I just pull that up? Um, so G-Rod plays uh, Juan. So he's Juan. Um, okay. So Juan's like, if you want to watch the news, just like read it on your phone. And I love Johnny. He gets in his face. He's like, I don't have a phone. <laughs> right? <laughs> he threw it away. <laughs> he threw it away at 210. So uh, off the bat, we already got some comedy, you know. So I love the levity uh, with everything that's going on here. Um, right. So Johnny follows them outside and basically gets in a fight. But I love how the first, you know, he says that he's going to kick their ass. And the first kick he uh, throws, he misses. Right. Um, we've got, you know, a potential, uh, because this is this is my thing, a potential Easter egg of him putting his uh, fist through the, um, the window. The window, like, like Chris did. Um, except Johnny's is a little bit more successful because he did it on purpose. Right. Um, and then he's, you know, trying to, you know, he's, he's, he's talking all tough. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm kicking your ass. <laughs> You know, and then he tries to pull out the same kick that he used against Kyler. Yeah. And he completely whiffs it. And he goes, oh, shit. And, yeah, then he gets curb stomped and, yeah. Oh, uh, you're dead, amigo. Oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty brutal. So um, they call the cops, gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Yep. After getting curb stomped. Because you got you got you to gotta do the stomping before the cops show up. Right. Yeah. So you could say it was uh, part of self-defense. Right. Except for the fact that Johnny was already on the ground at that point. <laughs> right. Completely, oh, God. Just wasted. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and all of the above. Um, Daniel and Amanda, they go to the PTA meeting. And we get some exposition here as well. Uh, we find out that Tori was expelled. Um, what else did they say here? Uh, they talk about, like, their uh, the business is like a ghost town, you know. So I guess because of the fight, people are blaming the LaRussos. And they're not uh, getting much customers over at their uh, uh, dealership. Um, yeah, and the, the dealership is a ghost town and all this. I love just the entire dynamic. You can tell that Daniel is still very much like a cowering before his wife. She is so much his mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's following along behind her with his head down. <laughs> And she is pissed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean. And she's just throwing curse words, you know, bitch should be in Shawshank. And he's like, calm down, calm down. When Daniel LaRusso is telling you to calm down, you might be a little over the top. Sure. You know, I mean, they are also walking into a school. So he's trying to be mindful of like, you know, their demeanor uh, right now, especially with everything going on. Um, I do like how he's admitting that this is his fault and he's going to fix it. So. Characters are saying things that they should have said in the first two seasons. Except. Except. This is Daniel. Yes. If there was a, a, a an earthquake on the San Andreas Fault, this boy would say it was his fault. Okay. So, um, I, it, was the fight his fault? No. Was the fight Johnny's fault? No. And we find out a little bit later that it was 100% orchestrated for one specific purpose by one specific person. Yeah. Because I needed to hate him more than I do. Sure. 
So we're inside the PTA meeting, and um, you know we get the return of Principal Lopez, Councillor Blatt, uh, and they are talking about a new initiative, uh, Hugs Not Hits, kind of like D.A.R.E., except for it works. That is the best line. Whoever wrote that line, whichever one of them came up with that line. Um, I've said this before, either lived through the D.A.R.E. era or had kids that did. Right. Because that is so spot on. Absolutely. Uh, we got the introduction of uh, Roger, played by one uh, Rick Perez. So mm-hmm. sh- shout out to Rick there. Um, we got a room, an auditorium full of adults screaming the same thing. All of us were all through the finale. Yeah. Where the hell are the teachers? Yeah. And we find out that they're not supposed to get in between two students that are fighting. We find right. out that Mr. <laughs> Mr. Stingray uh, is not allowed to come within stu- uh, 500 feet of, uh, of students and or, uh, kids, students. Anyway, but also that, you know, they addressed it. No, no he was not a teacher. Uh, he did not work for the school. So yeah, I'm I'm pissed. I don't want him on probation. He should be in jail. Right, but that's so, just me. Yep. So probation is uh, what he got out of that. Let's see. Do we have um? Well, the not acting debut, but we do have uh, Josh Heald adding to his acting resume. That's correct. It has a great funny line there about uh, Daniel being the real uh, bully. Um, right. Obviously a. Uh, this season, there's definitely more references to pop culture in the Karate Kid. Uh, so, and that is definitely one of them. Right, like the Karate Footloose thing too. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and the the Shawshank line, they're like they're bringing in movies like mad, like you know these people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I know we've talked before about the possibility that you know this is an alternate universe, mm-hmm. like, but no, these. This universe is the same as ours. They have all the same movies we do. They have all the same references we do. And, you know, maybe a game of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon right. going on. Yeah. You know, Very during possible. the PTA meeting. Uh, I would so. love to play that. So Johnny's in a cell, uh, right? He got arrested. And uh, Officer Fernandez here says, uh, Applebee's guy. So Fernandez, maybe a shout out to Freddie Fernandez? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, I just I, I, I like the uh, the guy calling him Blondie and showing him obviously incredibly necrotic foot. Yeah. Which is just gross. There you go. For for you sick weirdos with the foot fetish. There you go. <laughs> That's just that 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 guy's got some out of control diabetes, but also still really, really, really want to know what the hell did Johnny do at Applebee's that this rando cop remembers him yeah and he doesn't even like uh mention the beating up the you know teens uh you know kyler and company so he references straight to applebee's which by the way like um back at frankie frankie o's right Mm -hmm. okay um juan mentions you know like how much johnny reeked too so we're assuming that he probably hasn't gone home in the last two weeks and he's just kind of bar hopping and drinking himself away well, I think he's probably gone home, but he's back to where he was at the beginning of season one, which is, you know, sleeping with potato chips and beer cans. So yeah, just avoiding Carmen. So I imagine if he's his going shirts, home, you know. It's, his white shirt's not very white. Yeah. That's for sure. So Sam is getting ready for school. Uh, she looks in the mirror, has a flashback to when Tori gave her uh, her scars and removes the bandage to look at it. Yeah, and we were actually right about that. Um, and when we were when we did the the um, original teaser um, breakdown, uh-huh. um, the scene about this, we were you know I, I was talking about the possibility that she had kept it covered even though it was healed because she didn't want to look at it, and that's pretty well exactly what's going on. She keeps it hidden because she doesn't like it. Right, and if you look at the bandage, it doesn't show like any, you know, blood stains or anything like that. So it it has healed at this point. She's just covering it up. Right, and her stitches are gone. Did you notice the owl this time? I did. It's like a scentsy warmer sitting there on her desk. Yep. On the top of her desk. So, um, yeah, the brief scene there. So back to the school. Uh, I already mentioned the, the line that Hawk drops about it being day one, round two. Uh, freshman babes. Um, Mitch tries to holler at one, uh, played by Marcel LeBlanc. Uh, she she's the one with the line here who plays Stacy. 
possibly a nod to Moskowitz or Harmon. Uh, right, and it, this whole thing, um, since we you since you, um, you know, asked Frank Helmer about the costuming, um, I like pay a lot of attention to what the kids wear. Okay. Um, Eli and Mitch are both wearing red. Bert is wearing gray and carrying a blue backpack. Okay. Um, and Chris wears a lot of purple, which is a combination of, of uh, red and blue. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I don't want to read too much into it, but because he said he tends to do that, um, it kind of making me think that maybe he was, you know, foreshadowing a little bit that Bert would be the first one gone. Yeah. Like that he's still got a purity about him that the others don't have. I think so. I, I think you're, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, really. Right. And Chris wears the purple because he has been both and he has aspects of both. Yeah. No, I agree with that as well. Very good observation there. Um, and also Easter egg here uh, when Counselor Blatt appears. Right. Um, a, a serious uh, Daniel and Johnny vibes here with the. I was telling my buddies about you know how the, the Indians got yeah. the horse and yeah, um, serious serious Daniel and Johnny vibes. Oh right yeah, here. absolutely. Uh, you know that's when Daniel sees the cobras in the courtyard and uses the opportunity to grab one of the the teachers. To mm-hmm. help him out, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he does specifically refer to Johnny as his buddy. Yeah, and Johnny's like, buddy, like mouths it back at him. So yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, and then this, I think this was all one shot, you know. So as they exit, then you got uh, Yasmin and Moon. Moon fills her in on what happens with Aisha. It's Nate who calls her front wedgie. Oh, was it Nate? Okay, because I know it that... Is, it is. It's Yeah, it's Nate as he walks by. <laughs> I know that the line is there. I watch it in subtitles, and I know that, you know, Nathaniel is looking in that direction. I thought he was just reacting to it, so that's that's actually interesting. I'll have to... It's funny, because I watched it like three times today, too. But, you know, there's always things going on uh, on screen that I'm looking at, too, so very easy to miss these little things that, that they put on screen. Um also, I mentioned in our season three uh, reaction that in the background, Dimitri is sitting next to another student as he's watching Yasmin walk by. So that's a little nice touch there. Right. Um, I do like Yasmin's new look okay. an awful lot. Um, it's a whole lot softer. Um, I mean, it, this this first scene with her, she's still... You know, queen bitch of the roost here, or trying to be. Um, but uh, I, I do like the the waves in her hair, and and as the season goes on, they kind of loosen up. You know, soften her clothes and things like that, um, which I like. Yeah, uh, I like how Moon mentions like half the school like knows karate now. <laughs> right. So behave yourself, um, because they they can all kick your ass. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so again, Aisha is uh, going to a, a private school, and her parents uh, sold the house. Right, which uh, we mentioned this before on the season three recap. It would not make any logical sense for the finale to have happened, and none of the kids to have had repercussions from their parents. And of all of the kids to go to private school, the one that is arguably the richest person in the school. Um, with her dad being a retired football player and worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, right, um, is the logical one to go. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Uh, Sam enters, and everyone is staring. Um, she goes to the steps where M- uh, Miguel fell down, also where I laid uh, in one of my pictures, and uh, she has flashbacks back to the fight. And uh, yes, yeah. Any thoughts on that for you? Um. Not really. I just, I, I, I like the way that, um, and there's another pop culture reference here with Dimitri. Um, Captain Marvel. When he calls her Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, same team. Um, and then she just turns and bolts. Yeah. 
Yep. Which makes a whole lot of sense, you know, because this is the first time Dimitri never made it as far as the stairs. So he's not going to have any issues with the stairs. It's going to be, you know, the the four of them or arguably the three of them, because I don't know that Tori is would have any issues being on those stairs. Yeah. Um, but uh, Robbie, Miguel and Sam were the three most traumatized by what happened up there. Yeah. So I mean, Sam was positioned right there to see the fall. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we cut to Daniel on the phone uh, at the dealership looking for Robbie. Um, I think he had just gotten off the phone with, like, some hospitals looking for a John Doe. Um, and Louie's back. Uh, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of your, one of your least uh, favorite characters. Uh, apparently, he was the first one at their door uh, when Sam got hurt. So they hired him back. Right, which, I mean, uh, I'll give him that, you know, but he's still Louie. Um, he sure but what's is. weird he... is, like, all through all through season one, you know, it, if he if he called Daniel boss man or whatever, it was, like, when he was talking about him, not to him. Now they're not Daniel and Amanda to him anymore. They're boss and Mrs. Boss. Yeah. What? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to do right. I mean, he's still Louie. I mean, he's he's like, hey, I got something on my computer, and, you know, it's not porn all this time. So, right, meaning he has shown them porn on his computer before. Yeah. Uh, Louie's got um, a Louie, right? And who the hell has ever heard of a cranberry bagel? I have seen them. Um, I, they exist. Blueberry, strawberry, onion, cinnamon raisin, plain... Uh, I've had uh, peach before. I have never in my life heard of, <laughs> of a cranberry bagel. Oh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't even sound good. Well, I mean, well, we also have like a few uh, voodoo donuts, which started here in Portland. So um, we have a lot of novelty places with all types of flavors and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I not one I would try. I mean, maybe with the right flavored um what is it called? Cream cheese, maybe? Maybe I would try it. I say, you you people in the Pacific Northwest, though, you drink, like, you know, tea with tapioca in it and vegan everything. That's called boba. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's global. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's see here. Uh, he, Louie, uh, shows them that they are missing a van from the trading lot. Uh, if, if there's anything he knows, it's inventory. Right. And my question here is, you know, first of all, it's a it's a, you know, a flashback callback, whatever, to season one. Um, and it leaves me with two questions. One, when exactly did Daniel find out that Robbie had the codes to the gates? And two, why has he not changed them since there was a 16 year old kid running around with the codes to his gates? Yeah, um. I don't know. Maybe like he stole it that one time, but then maybe they trusted him with the codes afterwards for something else that we don't know. He fired him immediately after that. Oh, yeah, he did fire him. Um, Well, yeah, because of the whole Johnny deal. Right. And then, you know, uh, you're a 16 year old kid. You can't work full time at a car dealership. Yeah. I Well, here's the thing. Like there is a lot to get through this entire season. So... You know, I, I think we can all agree the first two episodes is to set up the season. So they're giving us a lot of a lot of story and, and background things. You know, clearly in the writer writer's room, they're, they're going down the list and saying, all right, what needs to be addressed? How are we going to answer that? You know, and we got a lot of that already in exposition. So. Right. Well, that's crazy low mileage, by the way, on a 93. I didn't even see it. What was it? 159,000. Um, it could have been sitting for a while, but you're right. That, that is pretty darn low. Yeah. For a 27 year old car. Yeah. Because mine's a 2007 and I'm like 130,000 ish. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Daniel mentions that he had already spoken with the lawyer, um, probably to kind of just look at options, um, what Robbie should do. You know, get the the lease sentencing, you know, things of that nature, I'd imagine. Right. And I do love this exchange between um, Louie and Amanda, About you know, after, after Daniel. Yeah. After <laughs> Daniel takes off, Louie's like, well, you know, not for nothing, but I'd, I'd have took a Porsche. And she's like, would you? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I love a man. Yeah, so I mean, much. look, Louis. Sometimes you can just keep things to yourself, but uh, I, they, you know, they're giving something for him to say and something for Amanda to react to. You know, I don't think Louis knows how to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> no, no, he absolutely doesn't. No, uh, Johnny gets dropped off at the uh, West Valley General uh, Hospital. Uh, wh- what does this guy do? Uh, wh- what is his type of job? It's not a bounty hunter but it's no he's a bail bondsman bail bondsman that's what it is and um i am interested about this this line but the guy's like telling johnny that he uh, better not miss his court date so i wonder if that's going to come back up at some point um it, if it if it goes with the way most of johnny's um involvement in law enforcement you know because this is september so his court date would most likely have been in october and we go all the way to the end of december um and the bail bondsman has not turned bounty hunter and he's not out after him to hunt him down like a dog in the street bra yeah um so i it's just like the being on probation for beating on kyler yeah um it it just kind of gets hand waved yeah, so. that almost sounds like a line from uh, Buford Tannen from Back to the Future Part 3. But what do I know? Uh, Carmen <laughs> Yaya visiting Miguel. Uh, kind of brief here, very sweet. I, I really love this. Uh, yeah. The nurse encourages them to speak to him, you know, because he can hear them and all that. So, again, we, we're getting some of those sequences, the dream sequences. Mm-hmm. And Yaya going off about the, the you know, the, oh, it looks like the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs, but I'm sure they'll screw it up again. Oh, uh, she yeah. she delivered that so, so beautifully, you know, like it. She did. Yeah, it was really sweet, a little bit of funny, you know, so. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, inside, Johnny tries to see Miguel, but only doctors and patients and family in the ICU. Uh, and he tells this nurse, be a bad girl, break the rules. I believe that this woman is probably the only woman on the planet who is immune to that wink. Well, I mean, look at his bruised up face. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks kind of like crap. Yeah, cleaned <laughs> up a little, you know, different story. Right. Yeah, yeah. And when you, uh, when you, when you like, I, I've got it stopped. So I'm looking right at that frame where he's winking. Uh-huh. And because of the bruise around his other eye, it looks like. He looks like he's possessed. Oh, yeah. It's awful. See, there you go. So, yeah, definitely not going to break the rules and be a bad girl. Uh, Amy would fall for it anyway. She would totally give in. A lot of people would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel located the GPS, but Robbie removed it. Um, clearly, he doesn't want to be found. No, um, smart kid. Amanda asks, uh, is there anywhere nearby he could have gone? And jumping ahead here, that would have been one of the first places I would go to. Uh, yeah, it actually kind of blew my mind. It's like, you mean to tell me you have not been back to Mr. Miyagi's house in the last two weeks? Right, really? last two weeks, yeah. At no point. This kid's been missing for two weeks. You never went back to Mr. Miyagi's house to see if he might be there. I mean, I guess the other thing is Daniel's probably thinking like, you know, Robbie's trying to avoid him. And that's probably the most likely place to find him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it just, it, it's, it, there's, there's some, like, as wonderfully written as everything is, there's just some, like, logical disconnects. It's like, that doesn't make any sense, so don't put too much thought into it. Right. Like, why is he just now calling the hospitals two weeks later? Right. Clearly, there's a lot of hospitals in LA. LA. Well, there are a lot of hospitals yeah, in LA, that, but well, that's what I'm saying. it wouldn't take him two weeks to call them all. <laughs> oh, he doesn't have all the time to call, and you know he probably has to look up these numbers and you know all that. Um, and Robbie is a fugitive. You going to tell me that Daniel's the first person who's called looking for Robbie Keane at all these hospitals that the cops haven't already been to all of them? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But you know, I'm sure Daniel's not talking to the cops and sharing notes or anything like that. He wants to, oh, I'm sure yeah, not, yeah. because they'd tell him to stop. Well, he would also want to get to them before they do. Right. Uh, cut back to Johnny wearing a uh, doctor's coat here with the L, Nguyen. Um, <laughs> Johnny trying to pronounce Nguyen <laughs> is just peak Johnny. It's pretty just, good. It's pretty good. I, I have a friend that's a doctor, Nguyen. Linda Nguyen. Um, but definitely won't pass. He doesn't look very Vietnamese. He really doesn't. No, but you know what? I I don't know if anyone's catching the name. I mean, the gentleman that comes out of the stall there looks at his face is like, you're not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, he doesn't say, oh, you're not Vietnamese. No, he says, you're not a doctor. Oh, yeah, Sorry. he's not even looking at the name. Um, yeah. And Johnny pulls a liar, liar here. Do you remember that scene in Liar, Liar? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Uh, Jim Carrey, he, um, to, you know, he's in the middle of a, a hearing, and he wanted recess to be called, and what he does is he beats himself up in the bathroom by, you know, ramming his head into the towel dispenser and the sink and all these things. And so when he goes back to the courtroom, they're like, what happened? He's like, you know, I got beat up by a madman. <laughs> and, you know, because he, he's not lying, you know, it's himself, right. you know, so. But anyway, that's kind of what it took me to. Is that scene from Rylar? The the dripping blood all over the registration paperwork is just like, oh my god, Johnny, you weirdo. Yeah, that's that's a lot of blood. Uh, but that is a lot of blood. I mean, head injuries done. bleed. Yeah, but that is a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, Daniel goes to Miyagi Do, finds Sam. Uh, she has stopped by In and Out Burger. Uh, they discuss the trauma that they both went through. Uh, yep, yep, and here is Sam's magically disappearing, reappearing car making another appearance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She must have uh, parked it down the street. Or it's under one of those harps. I seriously doubt that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there should be a white BMW sitting in front of that house. Or she Ubered. Maybe she didn't drive. Oh, is she ungrounded yet? I would imagine that Daniel has ungrounded her. Either that or she, you know, they haven't found her car from Moon's party yet. I mean, there, um, there's that, but also maybe uh, no car privileges while she's suspended. I mean, that could be something. Uh, well, she's not suspended anymore. No, I, look, I'm, you're asking the questions. I'm trying to fill them in. <laughs> she went to a drive-thru without a car? You can walk through a drive-thru. Really? You can't do that here. They won't let you. Oh, yeah. No, I see it all the time. Uh, oh. Usually like 2 a.m. at Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Here, if you show up at a drive-thru and you're walking, they will, they will like, no. There there are signs on all of our drive-thrus that say they will not serve walk-up customers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, this is a really nice conversation that they have here. Again, you know, characters saying things that they should have said before. It is very sweet. A really sweet um, moment. I, I love, you know, the, the, the part where, uh, Sam's just like, I thought we were the good guys. Mm-hmm. So there's a little, you know, she's kind of battling her demons, you know, kind of going through this conflict between Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai. Right. And here's Daniel once again saying it's all his and Johnny's fault. And it's not. If not for if not for me and Johnny, there wouldn't have been a fight in the first place. Wrong. I mean, if, if you want to go back that far, okay, sure, whatever. But no, <laughs> it's a little bit more recent If you want to go back that. to... 35 years ago, the first time you two got up in each other's personal space and decided to pound on each other for fun, then yeah, maybe. But three weeks ago, no way in hell. Right. Neither one of them had anything to do with that. Nope. But I get it. You know, he's being a dad. He's being Daniel. Yes, but he's a dad too. He's also Daniel and he is... Okay, I don't get into religion very much. I know at, at one point I said that that um, I kind of thought that the Diaz's were Catholic. Yeah. Daniel, Catholic. Italian Catholic, to the bone. The boy was born guilty. He will die guilty. Everything's his fault. Okay. That's just it. And I say this as a Catholic, so I can get away with it. Yeah. I'm Irish Catholic. Okay. We're born guilty. Everything that happens in our entire life is our fault, and then we die guilty, and then we go to heaven and make a you know make amends for it all. Yeah. So. Um, but Daniel basically says that you know he can't run away from your problems, and he kind of says that about himself too. It only took him thirty five years to realize that no, you can't run from what's chasing you, Daniel. Yeah. But hey. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Self-awareness has never really been as strong as I was about to say, better, better late than never, but that's that's a long-ass <laughs> time. But <laughs> He's right there. He's right there. So He's right on the verge. So close. Uh, cut back to Johnny. Got some internal bleeding there where his kidneys are. Oh, my God. With jam and the, jam and the lemonade. Jam and, and lemonade. Oh, my God, his side. You're, what, are you going to put Ben Gay on <laughs> that? <laughs> Like, you can uh, see the dude's shoe print on his kidneys. That's a, some good artwork there. I, I I don't make up or whatever it is. 
yeah, but like, oh my God, a little bin gay will take care of that. And he's just so sincere about it. You know, he's just like so. He's tough. You know, uh, maybe uh, uh, all, all that adrenaline probably so he can barely feel it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it is pretty nasty. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. The, the nurse here, I think her name is Brenda. She says that uh, he'll have to stay overnight. So after the nurses leave, he uses this chance to go see Miguel. Again, just great acting from Billy, great dialogue. Uh, says something like, you know, he's, he failed him as he holds Miguel's hand. Ugh. Oh, yeah, you were getting so strong and learning so fast. Yeah, and... that's a good line, too. Oh, God. I mean, I, I think that kind of is one of those things that kind of answers, like, you know, the people like, oh, well, how he learned so fast? Well, you know, he's just, he was a fast learner, and, you know, he's, and he got strong real quick. Right. Some people got it. Johnny loves him so much, and that, that, that just it just breaks me. Yeah. I am very, very glad um, that these these guys one thing that they all do the three of them and then all of all of the writers avoid cliches yeah and you know you're sitting here and you're watching miguel start to fight his way back yep out of the dream um and they avoid falling into the trap of having him open his eyes while johnny is there yeah I, I like that. Yeah, and they're they're saving that for the right moment. Right. So let's see here. Uh, Daniel goes to uh, the Cobra Kai dojo to look for Johnny, but instead finds Crease and the dojo going through re- uh, renovations. I could watch Daniel walk by various incarnations of that damn wall. Well, let's see how many times. I've seen it five times so far. Um, so let's see how many more times we get before the show is over. Um, but every time he walks by, it's different. Yeah. Like every time he walks by that wall, it's different. And he's got the, the same expression on his face and everything every time. And he's just like, what? I, I, yeah. Or sees the, the standee of a crease and like, what the hell? But what the hell? It, it, that is is that Kreese Kringle just without the freaking hat? Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it's exactly that. And there's your Easter egg right there, too, to, you know, the, the black and white one that he had in his dojo in the movies. Right, which is now standing in Martin Cove's living room, <laughs> I guess. Because what else are you going to do but put a life-size cardboard cutout of yourself in your own living room? Yeah. Um, And then they uh, have this... Uh, conversation about um you know crease says he doesn't blame robbie because you know the saying no such thing as a bad student now where did he hear that that's what that okay that's an easter egg obviously the no such thing as bad student only bad bad teacher, teacher right i don't know how he knows that because the only person that mr miyagi ever said that to was daniel right and the only person Daniel ever said that to was Robbie. Yep. So there's no way Crease should know that. Right. I agree. Unless Terry stalked Daniel a hell of a lot more there you go. <laughs> thoroughly than we are aware That's of. That's what it is. Um, there's, there, there's that Easter egg. And then there's another one to the two fights that Mr. Miyagi and Crease had. Well, actually, um, you know, he talks about... Was it the little bastard? Is what is that what he calls him? It it must um oh it must upset you to hear the Miyagi name dragged through the mud like that. I wish I could see the look on the little bastard's face. Yeah. So when Daniel says that little bastard, you know, kicked your ass, I my first viewing, I said more than once, and then Daniel says right, it. Right, <laughs> and then Daniel says the more than once. Um, I uh, what I love about this whole thing is. Ralph's movement, um, when Kreese says, I wish I could see the little, you know, the the look on the little bastard's face, Ralph pulls his hand back like Daniel's coming up swinging. Yeah. And then, like, you can see him put thought into, okay, I'm not doing that. But it's like an instant reaction, and it's very natural. It It's like, I love it. Yeah. Kreese uh, is just lucky that Miyagi taught Daniel true karate. Right, which is why he's not fighting him. But this, to me, is Crease. I mean, we had some speculation and some discussion after 
season two was, you know, did Kreese do this on purpose? Did he know what was going to happen? And we couldn't, you know, we were kind of back and forth, back and forth, back. He did this to hurt Daniel. Right. Into, that 100%. Yeah. He set the entire thing up to destroy Mr. Miyagi's name and hurt Daniel. Yeah. And there's zero doubt about it anymore. Because he admits it. Yep. And the whole reason he did it is to force a confrontation. Yeah. He says that. uh, Daniel. Him and Johnny is going to finish it. He wants to fight with Daniel. Why? What is so broken in this man's head that he cannot let go of what this man, of this man winning a karate tournament when he was 16? I mean, it it probably it has to do with Miyagi too. You know, for the times that he was defeated by Miyagi, the way he embarrassed him in the parking lot. You know, fighting on, uh, well, you know, the tournament won against however many. All of that. I, I think there's a lot of things to despise Miyagi Do for. But when have any of Kreese's attempts at revenge against Daniel ever gone his way? Ever. Yeah. I mean, this one comes real damn close, but we're still nine episodes away from that. But right. what is so – and I, I know we've got a whole season ahead of us and we've got all these reviews and we've got, you know, all this backstory. This man's mind is so broken that he is still obsessed with Daniel and Mr. Miyagi 35 years later. Yeah. And it's insane. And he thinks that Johnny's going to be part of this. I mean, look, Johnny and Daniels had this rival for thirty six years. Well, yeah, but I mean, the the oh the the sound. 34. I'm 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 there. Okay, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm running out of words, but the sound of Daniel's voice when he goes, "Where's Johnny?" It's like he's so pissed at Crease. Like if you've done something to him, like you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's that that, like protective thing from the restaurant again. Well, he was there to look for Johnny specifically. It wasn't there for a confrontation, obviously. I mean, and we're going to get to that soon. Right. So, yeah, I I completely agree. Right. And his mind automatically jumps to, oh, my God, Kreese did something to Johnny. Right. And uh, it's so good. Everything's so good this season. Yeah. I mean, and, and not to say like, you know, the previous seasons weren't as good, but like, goddamn, like this is. There was, I had very little criticisms, you know, during there's the not entire a, watch. Yeah, there's there's not a single minute of this season that doesn't move it forward. Right. Um, And what I like is, you know, a, another Easter egg or another, you know, rehashed movement or whatever. First of all, Daniel turns his back on Crease, which I never thought I would see. Yeah. Without Johnny there. Like, he will turn his back on Crease if Johnny is there, but he won't do it, like, when he's by himself. But he does. Um, and then he does the, the like, waving him away, dismissing him with his hand thing. <laughs> I like that. That's um, a nice touch. Which, but, that he yeah. did to Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not scared. He's like, whatever, old man, shut yeah, up. Well, he much. is scared. That's the thing I don't understand. <laughs> Daniel is know. afraid of him, but he's so mad at him that he, like forgets that he's afraid of him i guess does that I mean, make sense i'm i don't know I, I i don't have the answer but you know i think daniel was just more focused looking for johnny and he's not here for it so he, that's why he's just like eh whatever i'll deal with you another time right the, the, it's inevitable plate. i mean he, yeah. he does not want to have the fight with crease he really thinks he's going to be able to avoid this for whatever reason he's going to pull a mr miyagi right with sato and yeah. I'll just avoid him until it becomes impossible to avoid him because he goes after something other than Daniel to get Daniel's reaction. Yeah. And if you haven't already seen the meme, this is your second Marvel reference where Kree says it's inevitable. Uh, you know, what's his face? I'm blanking on his name right now. Asking Thanos. the wrong person. <laughs> Thanos also says it. Oh, I say you're asking the wrong person. Never yeah. seen any, so. Anyway, right. Yeah, you you have mentioned that. Uh, all right, so we cut back to Sam uh, coming to school again and enters through security and notice some girls talking about her, and she confronts them. That girl in the middle, 
I don't know if she is just like the most generic, nondescript white high school girl in existence, but I swear to God, I went to school with this girl. My daughter went to school with this girl. I went to school with that girl. It's like everybody knows this girl. She looks um, like a girl from Portland. <laughs> yeah, she she looks like a girl from several girls from Southern Illinois, you know, and just the, the look on her face and, and the haircut and the outfit she's got on and then the way the other friends like step away from her when Sam gets in her face. Um, like, oh, God, yeah, don't 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 piss off the crazy girl, you know, because she can kick your ass. Yeah. Um, what's what season three? Um, and I feel like I said this in, in the season three recap as well. Um, season three gave me what I was hoping that it would do for Miyaki, though, that it can show them that they're badass, too. Yeah, and they absolutely are. And I, um, well, let's get to the end and then we can talk yeah. a little bit about the okay. theme of this episode. One of the themes that I really, really like. Okay. Uh, Johnny's coming home drinking, as he does, uh, you know, in the middle of the afternoon here. Uh, he finds Daniel waiting for him. Daniel says he's got a lead on Robbie and thought that uh, he might want to help. And then we also see Robbie with a haircut, you know, doing little outsiders there. Yeah, little little um, you know, Robbie at the at a uh, homeless camp with the really bad haircut and the hoodie and little glimpses of the kids and what they're doing as Johnny and Daniel are talking and then ending with uh Sam embracing her scars and walks up the steps just fine as Miguel wakes up. Yep. Um two things that this conversation between Johnny and Daniel. <laughs> First of all, they do have each other's phone numbers. Yeah, but um, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Johnny threw his phone away. <laughs> I don't write the phone. Yeah, but we we had talked about that, you know, through through season uh, two. You know, could right. da- could Johnny have called Daniel? Could Daniel have called Johnny? Whatever they do, obviously, Daniel has Johnny in his phone book for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Because we all have our childhood rivals phone number in our cell phones, right? Well, you know, he gave him the the challenger. He gave him the challenger. He's about to give him a 1993 Dodge Caravan. Yeah. <laughs> on accident. Um but uh it, it Daniel is like so conversational. It's weird that he's hanging out in front of Carmen's apartment because he knows which one is Johnny's. So why is he not hanging out in front of Johnny's apartment? Maybe he was trying the Diaz's and no, no one answered. Oh, that's true. He does know Carmen. Yeah. Um. So you know there, but he's he's like so conversational when he turns around. He's like, "Don't you ever answer your? Oh my God, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah. It, it's just <laughs> he shifts gears so freaking fast. I mean, and look at Johnny's face. The conversation that they have is there's like. No rivalry, no heat. It's like, dude, I I hit my head. I've got a headache. Can you quit bitching at me so I can go to bed now? Uh, but it's just, the, I mean, it's it's a very um, unheated, heated, not heated. Uh-huh. Um, but it it it's not like a a heated conversation. Um, it's like two dudes who you know talk to each other constantly and get along just fine. Yeah. Which is weird, because they don't, but they act like they do. So they really do. They just need to realize that they do. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. It, they they're they're so comfortable around each other now um, that even though they are rivals and the rivalry dominates so much of their lives, they're still really comfortable and at ease around each other. Oh, yeah. Because that's just who they are. Right. And we'll see plenty more of that throughout the season. Yes. Next episode. All right. So uh, we don't have feedback for this episode. Um, I think, well, it it really came down to the whole scheduling thing. And we what we wanted to do is, um, I don't know. I don't don't know if we're going to have like feedback threads. Instead, if you want to leave listener feedback we do have that voicemail number yes uh check the show notes because we'll look it up and add it to those (laughs) yeah i feel like it's 484 cobra 84 yeah it is definitely cobra 84 but i can't remember the the area code 
this one says 424. It's 424 Cobra 84. So um, if you want to leave us uh, like a voicemail and uh, as feedback, we'll uh, play those on here. Uh, but also please be mindful of the length of the, you know, the feedback. Uh, let's try to keep it like, I don't know, about a minute. And please do not recap the episodes because that's what we're doing. Just give just give us your thoughts. What you thought about the episode? Um, one of the like I, I wanted to go back to a theme that yeah. uh, that I'm really, really happy with that they started developing right off the bat. Um, and it's actually kind of a lead into another podcast. Um, I was invited back onto um, Unpopular Culture to talk about season three. And one of the, the things that we talked about a whole lot was Sam's PTSD. Um, and I very much enjoy the conversation that uh, she has with Daniel about the, you know, the difference between boys and girls in high school when you're in a fight. Um, yeah. You know, because here is this Stacy um, that, you know, is like flirting with Dimitri because he kicked Hawk through the trophy case, right? And right. now she thinks he's super, super hot. But then here's another group of girls who are, or two groups of girls who are, you know, snickering and, and uh, making all kinds of, you know, judgmental comments and things about Sam behind her back. And she did the exact same thing. Right. And, uh, you know, th that was the line that she says to Daniel, like, you know, you're a girl. They think you're crazy. You, you, you're not cool or tough. Right. Right. And it's it's a double standard. And I like the fact that they they get so much into the aftermath um, yeah. uh, because so many shows would, you know, like NCIS. Um, I, I think I said this on the season three recap, you know, one season, the season finale, they blew up the building. And in the season premiere, 15 minutes in and everybody was perfectly fine. Um, no, <laughs> that's not the way it works. Um, you don't normally see television shows that get into actually dealing with the repercussions of the corner that they the corners that they write themselves into. Yeah. And. These guys did not write themselves into a corner. They wrote themselves that way intentionally so they could then explore the consequences and how they deal with the actual real world fallout from it. And especially knowing that the big three uh, wrote this episode, well, what you have there is three male writers who are giving a massive amount of consideration to the double standard between men and women when it comes to violence. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I love it. And it's another theme that isn't really dealt with very often. It's one of those things that's just hand-waved, you know? Or they... They do make all the women into Captain Marvel, you know, where the violence is, is perfectly fine and there is no double standard in this universe or, you know, whatever. But they're dealing with the world as it is. Yeah. And uh, again, I mentioned it during the season three recap. But, you know, for those that are saying, well, I don't know how they're going to top season three. Well, Brianna, everything you just said about John, Josh and Hayden, like th these guys are brilliant. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Um, they avoid tropes. They set up their own tropes just to, uh, subvert, subvert. Yeah. yeah I think I used the wrong version last time, but anyway, um, you, you guys just got to trust, trust these guys, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. And, um, again, like this, this entire episode is addressing everything from 210. Mm -hmm. And uh, very, very well. Nothing is... Um, I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a few leaps in logic and, you know, the, why wasn't Daniel doing this two weeks ago kind of thing. But for the most part, the story is so freaking tight. Yeah. Um, and they just they get into every little corner and nook and cranny of the story that they created for themselves. This first episode is like 29 minutes and some odd seconds. Like the... Um the actual count is like over 30 minutes, but that's including, you know, all the uh, the credits and, and then it shows like all the, um, the, the, the voice cast the dubs, for all the different yeah, localizations exactly. and everything. Yeah. 3112 is yeah. the, is the count. Yeah. See, so, um, but yeah. I think, let's see, when does the Netflix logo come up? 
the Rob Garrison dedication is at 2854. Yeah. See, there you go. So Under 29 the, minutes. The, yeah, the credits start, I think, at like just right before 29. Um, yeah. So uh, 2857 looks like. Uh, so, so yeah, and it, my God, it, it it there's so much story in these 29 minutes. It, it I, I can remember watching it that night and both feeling like I couldn't believe it was already over, but at the same time, it felt like way more than a half an hour had gone by. I did look over the season three, um, you know, the I, I guess the timestamps for each episode. I don't remember them offhand. But I do know, like, the first two seasons, episode three, Escaletto, uh, 103, that was the shortest episode of the season. Didn't feel like it. You know, that was the one where um, it was the Halloween dance, you know, where Miguel gets jumped uh, in the mm-hmm. locker room. And then in season two, I think it was also uh, Fire and Ice, uh, which is also uh, the third episode. And that one didn't seem very short either. No, because I and both of them deal with so much because Escaletto starts out, you know, you've got Miguel kicking and training montage and then you've got the swimming pool and then you've got the kicking the boards and then the dance and then Daniel's flashbacks and the confrontation in the hallway and all the stuff going on with Sam and Kyler and um, all of that. And, and Fire and Ice is the Daniel and Amanda's first fight of the season and then getting ready for Valley Fest and the lead up to it and and uh, Johnny and, and Crease's conversation and then Johnny and Miguel at the diner and there's right. just yeah. there's so much that they fit into these I mean if we ever did get 45 minute episodes it, it, the, the amount of story we would get is just mind blowing yeah um Shout out to uh, Rick in our group. He shared a YouTube clip of um, all of uh, Chris's flashback, uh, flashbacks. And and in that video, I found out that it's like a total of 13 minutes. That's crazy. That's all? Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to watch it uh, at another time. But uh, I was surprised myself. That's all? Yeah. Unless that wasn't complete, but I'd, I'd imagine it was. I would imagine it. Oh, my God. There is so much story in those 13 minutes. Oh, my God. These people are brilliant. I can't write a fan fiction. I, I, I can't write a fan fiction in under 100,000 words. They can write an entire war in 13 minutes. You're also one person. Well, yeah, which actually should mean that my story would be shorter than theirs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I mean... That's crazy. That that is some, that is some super super tight writing. Uh, you got anything else on this episode? Um, Daniel, uh, it, it, it that's that's about it. That's gonna be my like closing comment on every episode because this is one hundred percent Daniel's season. He shines um, in every episode, and it, it's I. I I saw this, somebody like broke down the amount of screen time that the characters have had over the last three years. And like number one is Johnny and it's almost like a half an hour that he has um, like a half an hour more than Daniel and then Daniel's like 15 minutes higher than Miguel. But it doesn't feel that way, does yeah, it? Yeah, no. It, I mean, it, it, these are feels short like episodes. It's, it it well no I mean it it doesn't feel like there's any disparity in the amount of screen time that they all have. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I think that this season, starting with this episode, um, you kind of realize because Daniel's the one taking the lead. He's the one going to Johnny. He's the one looking for Johnny. He's the one that is um, in the first confrontation with Crease. He's still trying to mentor the kids and trying to calm Sam down and trying to. Fa- he's the one taking the lead on everything. Yeah, apparently he's the one who's been trying to find Robbie for the last two weeks and Johnny hasn't. Right. So you kind of get, you know, right off the bat, you get the idea that this is going to be a very Daniel heavy season and it absolutely is. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Okay, so that's uh, that's gonna wrap it up for our 
review of 301 Aftermath. I want to thank everyone for uh, supporting our show and checking us out. Uh, Definitely subscribe to our podcast if you have not yet already done so. So that way you'll get the other nine reviews um, and we'll get to them when we can get to them. Uh, We definitely have uh, some other interviews coming as well. Um, So if we can't get to the episode reviews, we'll at least put those out. So again, check out the channel, uh, Cobra Kai Companion. Uh, I am Cobra Kai Companion. No, I am Cobra Kai Pod on Twitter, Cobra Kai Podcast on Instagram, if that's your thing. Uh, Brianna, where can people find you if they want to uh, check out your uh, writings and, and other things? Brianna25, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Archive of Our Own, fanfiction.net. All right. And also, uh, don't forget to um, check out CobraKaiCompanion.com for all of the interviews. Uh, You can find them all in one place. Uh, It's easier than scrolling through like a a podcast app, in my opinion. So um, until the next episode, bullshit, I heard you were the real bully. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.